Hello, and welcome to the Graceful and Gritty podcast. My name is Sydney. I'm your host. I'm a wife, business owner, lifelong learner, and follower of Jesus. I was born and raised in Colorado and live here with my wonderful husband of six years. I'm passionate about people and have a knack for business. My hope is that we can learn together about doing life with grace and grit. We'll talk about all things life from faith and finance to business and balance. My prayer is that this will be a place of help, encouragement, honest conversation, and authentic growth. Thank you for joining me. Hi, friends. I hope that you are having a great week. If last week you got to hear my take two, this week you get to hear take three. So apparently I'm just technologically an idiot or something. Anyway, so we've had some struggles getting this episode recorded, but we are determined to get it out to you. So I hope that you really are having a good week. Ours has been actually more quiet than it usually is, which I'm grateful for. Um, so it's been, it's been good. Nothing particularly eventful. We've got snow coming. So excited for our first like real storm of the season. And I think by real here in Pueblo, Colorado, we're probably going to get an inch if we're lucky. Um, but really, uh, just excited to jump into today's podcast. I've been, um, alluding to it for the last several episodes that my goal was to get Andrew, my husband in on some episodes, um, because I just, I love his perspective. I love the way he sees things. He sees and understands life very differently than I do. And we come at things from different angles, but tend to meet with the same answer in the middle. And that's become even more true over the years that we've been together and been married. Um, But he's going to join us today as we talk through um, our theme for the year and this topic of stewardship. And so we're really excited to jump into today's podcast. And so um, for those of you that have never gotten to hear him join us before, I'm just going to give him an um, opportunity to briefly introduce himself and really kick us off into this week's episode. Um, And with that, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you, Sydney. Uh, My name's Andrew Miller, and I'm Sydney's husband. And we've been married now since december 20th of 2015 so we're a little bit past seven years and our relationship has grown immensely we've grown immensely not just together but as a married couple individually speaking because we we don't always grow the same we've both grown but we've grown in similar and very different ways as well which has helped improve our relationship dramatically because the the two are one. The two of us are operating and working together as one entity and one body and one mind. And while I'm thinking of something, one of the sayings that I hate, I absolutely despise is uh, when people talk about relationships being 50, 50, that is horrible advice. And that is a terrible saying. Okay. Two fifty percents do not make a whole in this case. Okay. It needs to be hundred hundred. Okay. Now I'm not saying that all the time we're always doing our best. We're always giving a hundred percent. We're always, there's never any fall off because that's not possible. Okay. And if you were trying to do that, you're going to burn the candle at both ends and you're probably not only going to make yourself miserable, but your partner as well. But what I'm getting at is 
things that are important to you and things that mean a lot, you're going to put more time and more attention and more effort into it. And your relationship, your marriage, if the relationship progresses to that point, is one of those things that is worth your all. So it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way it should continue to be throughout the entirety of your relationship. Because that relationship is going to grow and that relationship is going to change. And ours is no different. And ours has gone through a lot of growth. And some of that growth has been incredibly hard. Some of it's been easy. But all of it has been necessary. And there were times when I fought tooth and nail and I did not want to grow. And change is difficult. I think for most people, change is incredibly difficult. It certainly is for me. But it's a necessary part of life. And regardless of whether we like it or not, or we're comfortable with it, change is going to happen in life. And those that can deal with it can process it quicker and more efficiently, generally are going to, I don't want to say go further in life, but being able to deal with and process change is just one of those innate skills that that you can certainly can cultivate, you can work on, because a lot of it has to do with your attitude. It's kind of like that expression, attitude determines altitude. Your attitude and your willingness to embrace change is going to make that change that is trying to be facilitated much easier to accomplish, okay? Um, so Sydney and I, we've been married for seven years, uh, and we've been working together for all of those seven years. Now, in different capacities, but we've been doing the same thing. Uh, we've been with the same company. And I know for a lot of couples, that can be really hard. And I know some couples, probably most couples will say, oh, I can't do that. I just need some time alone. I need some time doing my own thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's nothing wrong with working together and spending the majority of your time together either. There just has to be a healthy balance and a healthy respect. And there has to be boundaries that are set. Because if those things do not exist, It's so easy for personal to bleed into professional and vice versa when there needs to be clearly defined boundaries. Kind of like when you're at the house, you need to be at the house. You really got to mitigate and limit the business. Now, we own our own business, so sometimes it's inevitable and it's hard to do that. But we do work our hardest to make sure that when we are leaving the restaurant, we are clocked out, so to speak, until the next time we're there unless something happens that obviously because of our position, we have to deal with and we have to respond to. Uh, Sydney, I I see you want to jump in. I do. It's a whole rabbit trail, but I want to express that those boundaries and relationship cannot be implied boundaries. They have to be expressed boundaries because every individual person building a life together with another person, you're still bringing your individual thoughts and feelings and processes and and goals into it. And just because you think that it's obvious or straightforward doesn't mean that that's implied boundaries don't work. And so expressed boundaries, like, Hey, these are, these are the boundaries and agreeing to them and talking through them and communicating them is really, really important. So I know that that's a whole rabbit trail, but, um, we've so that's the that's the introduction is we've done a lot of life together we've spent a lot of time working together and trying to intentionally grow uh, our heart is that we don't want to just be married 
or be in a domestic partnership or stay stuck where we are or where we have been. We have a passion for growth. We have a passion to continue to develop this, the, t- the tools and abilities and the skills that God's given us. And it really has driven a lot of how our relationship is formed and the way we see our future, the way we see um, our reality as it is right now. And so I love that introduction because I think it encompasses a lot of who we are and what drives us in a very succinct way. And so um, today's podcast, as we jump into it, is really every year since 2018, we've picked a theme for our marriage. And it's something that we approach carefully and methodically with a lot of prayer and a lot of thought because it really has helped us form the foundation for our marriage and what the growth looks like as, as it's evolved. I think those early years, a lot of our themes were inward focused where it was focusing on, I mean, for example, our first theme was communication and that was, we, we struggled to communicate because we had a lot of implied boundaries and we didn't know what those boundaries were to each other. And we had ideas that we thought the other person was on board with and had no clue that the opposite was actually the case. And so we were really sometimes we weren't even in the same book, much less on the same page. And so that first year was, was communication. And those, those early years, we tended to have themes that were built around being us focused. So we needed to work through some tough things and we needed to get transparent. We needed to get vulnerable with each other. And as it's grown and evolved, it's really become, how can we continue to grow better as a unit and better together in the things that we're applying ourselves to. And so today's conversation is going to be built all around the theme of stewardship. And we're really excited to dig into what that is going to look like. So when Sydney says stewardship as a theme and the focus for our marriage of this year, I think it's very important that we define exactly what do we mean by that? Okay. So Miriam Webster has a couple of definitions for stewardship, but I want to go to the second one specifically because I think that really encompasses what we're after. And it says stewardship is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So, yes, stewardship has to do with managing, okay? But we want to think about this and the way we think about that is from a biblical perspective. So for us, that means that stewardship and that level of management takes on a much deeper and impactful meaning. Okay, because ultimately, who is it that's entrusting us with these things? It's the Lord. Okay, so we realized that there were, you know, several there were a lot of opportunities, Okay, that that we can do better. There's things that we can do a lot better specifically in our relationship. And I think all of you out there that are listening, if you're being honest and you're being vulnerable and transparent and real with yourself or your partner, whether you're in a relationship or you're married also, okay, you have to be honest about what are you doing really well and what are you not doing so well, okay? Something that Sydney and I do at the end of each year, and sometimes we do it periodically throughout the year, is something that's known as a SWOT analysis, okay? So when I say SWOT, we're not talking about the SWAT team. This is S-W-O-T, not S-W-A-T, okay? And that's an acronym, and the S stands for your strengths, 
The W stands for your weaknesses. The O is for opportunities and T is for threats. Okay. And a SWOT analysis, if you're doing it correctly, meaning that you're being honest, you're being transparent and you're being vulnerable can be incredibly powerful for anything. It can be powerful for a relationship, for a business, uh, especially. Okay. But this is something that we do. And we realized there, there were a few different areas that we could certainly get a little bit better in. Okay. We could maximize what we were already doing. Okay. We could be better stewards specifically of what we've been entrusted to. Okay. And for the sake of time and just trying to keep this very streamlined and, and giving you the most bang for your buck, so to speak, I think there's three major categories that we can kind of break this down into, uh, which is something that everybody, I think, can focus on and can be doing better. Okay. The first area for us was in regard to finances. Okay. And again, when we're talking about being stewards, who is it that we are taking care of what's been entrusted to it? Who's ultimately does it belong to? Who are we managing these things for? So whose finances is it that I'm managing? Okay. It is Sydney and I's belief that the money that we earn, that is not our money. That is the Lord's money. Okay. So when you view it from that perspective, it takes on a completely different meaning or at least it should, it should take on a much deeper meaning. Okay. And not to say that we were wasteful because we're not okay. Sydney and I budget. All right. Uh, we follow Dave Ramsey. I don't know if any of you out there have ever heard of Dave Ramsey, but if you've not heard of Dave Ramsey, I encourage you, please. If personal finance, financial management, budgeting, if, if you're just struggling, if you're struggling, okay whether you're single in a relationship, you're married, if you're struggling or as a couple, you are struggling. This is a sobering fact. Okay. But the majority of divorces in North America are caused by financial distress. Okay. They're money fights. It's because people are not on the same page. And when you are not on the same page with money, really big things can, can, can happen. And, these little fires, these little flare ups can turn into full on outbreaks. If you're not careful, if you're not having honest conversations and you're not being transparent. Okay. So Sydney and I, we, we, we have budget meetings about once a month. Okay. We're constantly reviewing what we're doing, uh, especially in, in regard to investing. Okay. But we realized that there were some opportunities or some things that we could do a little bit better. Okay. So specifically, uh, this last year, year and a half, uh, we had been focusing really heavily on, uh, precious metals and acquiring actual physical metals that you can put your hands on and touch. Okay. Um, it's our belief that not just 2023, this is going to be a tough year financially speaking. Okay. But things are going to get progressively tougher and tougher as we move closer to 2030 and beyond. Okay. It's our belief that there are certain things and policies that are set in place and in motion that are not working on our behalf. Okay. Taxation is increasing. Okay. 
for business owners, generally speaking, profitability is decreasing, especially for smaller businesses. Now, that is not true for the corporation, but the vast amount of businesses in the United States are small businesses. They are not the corporation. And contrary to popular belief, the backbone of the United States has and always has been the small business. It has not been the corporation. Okay. But we are not, we are shifting away from that. And we are rapidly shifting away from that. Okay. And in the financial world, you hear a word or a term that's thrown around all the time, diversification. Okay. And to just simplify this, let's say, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Okay. And Sydney and I realized that we weren't necessarily top heavy in precious metals, but we had a very healthy allocation and we wanted to, to diversify and get into some other asset classes and some other areas of opportunity, especially right now, certain asset classes are dramatically underpriced. Okay. And if you have any spare money that you can invest and afford to, I would encourage you, please. There are certain asset classes right now that are just, they're so undervalued and they're so underpriced. Having just some discernment, some planning, some real investigation and research, you can make some really potentially wise decisions that can set you up for years, okay? That can make retirement that much quicker that much closer and that much more meaningful and unique to you because I think every person and every couple has unique goals. And certainly for Sydney and I, we have some very big goals. Sometimes they're almost scary to say out loud because sometimes when we share them with people, they kind of look at us with this crazy face. And what they're saying is these people are actually crazy and we're not crazy, but we dream big. Okay. And it's my belief that when you dream really big, even if you don't obtain or you, you fall short of the, those goals, if the, the goal is so big and you come close to it, you've already done incredible things. You've already done great things. And combined, we, we, we've really established, especially financially, some big goals. And these aren't just goals because we want to have more money or more things to just have them. This really stems for because the more money that you make and the less debt that you have, the more money you have to give, the more money you have to be generous with, the more money you have to make impact in your community with. And that's what we want to do. And that's been one of our focuses ever since we've been married. Because again, I told you about Dave Ramsey. That's something that both of us have been passionate about. Sydney's known about Dave. He knew about him before we were even married. She was familiar with his principles and she's been practicing a lot of them, even if they weren't within his umbrella in the way he prescribes and teaches, they're derived most, mostly from the Bible. These are biblical principles. So, anyone can be following these principles and can be having success. And individually, we were doing that. And collectively, we're doing that even greater. And I think this is really important. And I want to drive this point home before we switch on to the next topic. And I'm going to say it once and I'll say it again. Okay. We serve a generous God. We serve a loving God. 
We serve a God who wants to bless us and in ways that we can't even fathom and we can't even comprehend, okay? But in order for him to do that, there are certain things that we have to do ourselves, okay? And again, not to say that we weren't doing some of these things, okay? But we realized there were things that we were doing that we could be doing better. We could be maximizing these things, okay? And some of you may be saying, well, Drew, well, Drew how do you know that? How, uh, what, how are you so sure that, that, that God is a giver? He's told us. He's told us numerous ways from his word, okay? But I can't think of any greater way than think about John 3.16, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave us his best. He didn't just give. He gave his best and he gave it to us, okay? And I think in return, he expects that from us. There are things that he expects from us, all right? And really ask yourself, if you're not maximizing what God has entrusted you with, if you're not stewarding that properly in those finances, why would you expect him to give you more? Does that make any sense? Let's put this in, in a practical, real-world sense, okay? If you're, if you're a leader of a, a restaurant, okay, and you're a, you're a manager of this restaurant, okay, and you have two servers. Now, you're going to have more on your staff, but for this example, there's two servers, okay? And you have two servers that are coming to you asking for more hours, okay? Server A shows up early, stays late, picks up shifts, is an all-around great person to be around. They work hard, but very rarely ever do you have to correct them. They do what's expected without being told. They are a true asset to the team, and they are a great face of your brand. And then there's server B, who's late sometimes. Sometimes server B has an attitude. Sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do have an attitude. Uh, sometimes you got to get on server B a little bit because uh, they're not always doing their checklist properly. Sometimes server B wants to argue about things that maybe they think are more important than what you think is important. You see where I'm going with this one? Okay. We have two completely different people. Okay. Server A is maximizing their opportunity. Server B is not. So, if server A and B come to you as a manager, who are you more likely to give those hours to? Obviously, server A. They deserve that. They've given more. They've worked harder. They've maximized what you've entrusted them to. Think about that financially speaking. If we're not maximizing what God gives us, how could we ever expect him to give us more? That would be foolish. So Sydney and I recognize that were, there were some things that we could definitely do better. And the area of finances was one of the, 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 the ones that hit home, especially for me, okay? Because I do the majority of cooking in the household. And I'm not saying because my wife can't cook. No, she's a great cook, okay? I love to cook. I worked in restaurants almost my entire life, okay? And even as a child, as a baby, my mom would cook. And uh, she's part Italian. And the way that she she showed people that she loved them and she cared about them was through her hospitality. 
And cooking was a way she could say, I love you because she put so much time and effort into her craft. And as a little baby, she put me on the counter and I would just watch. And I could see and I can remember the enthusiasm she had, how much she truly cared and enjoyed what she was doing. Okay. And I also do the majority of shopping for the household. Okay. Let's just be honest. I do most of the domestic responsibilities and I'm not patting my own shoulder right here. I'm not saying my wife is lazy. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is my wife has a much greater job and responsibility within our business. And that means she works in it much more than I do. So that means the domestic responsibilities at the house that need to get done regardless. I take on much more of those and I do those and I do those willingly. Why? If I left that for my wife, I would be a real jerk. I would be a real trashy husband. Okay. Imagine your wife working hard all day and then she comes home and the first thing I were to say is, hey, babe, what's for dinner? Do you know how ridiculous and selfish that sounds? No. The first thing is, hey, babe, how was your day? You know what? I'm working on, we'll say last night's dinner. I got some pork chops I'm working on right now. I'm going to put a little Dijon mustard on there with some breadcrumbs. Hey, I'm also working on some mac and cheese. We're going to have a nice salad with that. How does that sound for dinner tonight? Tell me about your day. That's serving my wife. That is taking care of the responsibilities in the house that need to be done. Okay. It's not woman's work. It's work. And I'll say that again, guys. Okay. It's not woman's work. If you think your wife's job is to cook, clean, take care of the kids, basically answer at every beckon and call, that's wrong. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry because that's wrong. And we're not serving our wives. We're certainly not serving our wives in the manner that the Lord has served us. Okay. Think again. He gave us his best. He gave us our, his all. We should be doing the exact same thing for our wives. And, uh, I got off topic there a little bit, but Hey, what I was noticing was, is as I'm purchasing these groceries, I was throwing a lot of stuff away. I was wasting it. I was not stewarding it properly. The Lord's entrusted us with a lot. He's really blessed us. And for me to properly not plan out the meals for the week, to be throwing away good protein, good quality salmon, steaks, different types of meat, because we try to eat very good. Um, Sydney and I believe that what you put into your mouth and your body is generally going to dictate your overall sense of health and well-being. Okay. And Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, I think he said it the best. One of his most famous quotes was, let thy food be thy medicine. Okay. So I take that very seriously. And I know Sydney takes that very seriously. And uh, I was noticing that I was, I was dropping the ball. We were wasting food. And it wasn't just here and there. Every week, there'd be something. And, uh, you know, I thought I could be doing that a heck of a lot better. And that's one thing specifically I'm going to be working on as I focus on my stewardship of the finances. So for me personally, maximizing and eliminating the amount of waste uh, when it comes to the preparation, that's going to be paramount for me. And uh, again, as we look about, as we, as we look at stewardship from the financial and our 
finances perspective, for us, really diversifying our assets and kind of, uh, again, not keeping all, all of our eggs in one basket, making sure that we have multiple asset classes and we have multiple ways that we can be generating income and creating savings. That was incredibly important to us because we had set some really clearly defined targets that we noticed we were falling short of or kind of just deviating from. So we had to recalibrate and get back on that. But when an immediate thing that was almost certainly an every week thing, if not some days was every day. Okay. Because our life is very hectic. It's chaotic sometimes. Okay. But that's an excuse. Okay. And I was allowing that excuse to be tolerated and I was, and I was continually using it. Okay. And yes, life is going to throw us curveballs. Yes. There are a lot of things in our life that happen sometimes without any heads up there. There's no notice for it and it requires us to deal with it then and there. Okay. But we still have a choice. And sometimes that choice meant, Hey, you know what? Let's just go grab a bite to eat somewhere. When I knew good and well, there was food at the house that I could have been cooking. I still didn't do it. So I wasn't stewarding what I was being entrusted with properly. I certainly was not maximizing it. And I knew there were some things that I could do better. And, uh, Sydney agreed with me on that one because that's the type of woman she is. She's a loving wife and she wants to see not only herself grow, she wants to see me grow and she wants to see us grow as a couple. And, uh, we were leaving some meat on the bone with that and we knew we had to address that. Okay. So I think that really covers that, uh, the stewardship from the financial aspect and I'm going to hand the, the microphone over to my wife because this next area of stewardship, we're going to be talking about time, okay? And time is incredibly important because none of us know how much time we have on this earth. Tomorrow is not promised. Some of us know that reality all too well. Some of us know that reality much deeper than others, okay? And that takes on a completely different meaning. And if you don't know what I mean by that, what I encourage you, to, what I encourage you to think about is maximize your day. Don't waste time. And I'm guilty of this. We're all guilty of it at times. But seriously, we, we don't know how long we're promised. And there's people that count on us. There's people that love us. There's people that may love us than we more than we even love ourselves. And we're not just doing life by ourselves. Every single one of us has friends or family, acquaintances, or people that care about them. And Sydney, I know this is your love language. So again, this is very close to you. And uh, why is time so important? I love that question. And I could definitely spend an hour talking about it multiple hours actually, but, um, in this journey to select our theme for the year, it's, so you've heard kind of his perspective, how we got there. But from my perspective, we really had to, I, again, identify where are those areas of weakness and, and in this theme of stewardship, it's understanding that we answer to a higher power. We were created for a purpose and for a reason. 
And, and we are meant to fulfill those things because that's what's going to bring fulfillment and joy and blessing and glory to God. And in the process of doing that, we had to have some really honest conversations about where we were at. And Drew was able to share personally just, um, you know, even with the groceries and things that we want to steward at a higher level. We feel like we 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 do some things really well, but part of getting better at something is really, it wasn't sitting there slinging rocks at each other and saying, well, you need to do this better. You need to fix this, or we are doing a bad job at this. It was just saying, hey, like, here are some things that we really we need to grow in and we need to we need to gain those muscles and that muscle memory and that discipline in some of these areas in our life. And the first one that we identified was some of those areas of finances that we can tighten up, that we can clean up, that we can do better in and serve more because it gives us the freedom and the opportunity to, to make a greater impact and to be able to follow the leading of the spirit. When he nudges our heart and says, hey, serve this person or bless that person or or, or do yeah, something you know in what? this way. I'm sorry to cut. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're having so many technical difficulties. And if you had any idea how many times we've recorded this podcast, we're literally breaking it down into 10 minute increments just in case if it doesn't record. We haven't spent half an hour or longer and we can kind of retrace. And I've had it happen two times, okay, as I've been talking about finances. So I've lost my train of thought multiple times, okay? And it just made me think about something, okay? Another reason why we, this is really important, and this is honestly the paramount reason, okay? Yes, the groceries are important. Yes, the diversification of our assets into multiple asset classes is important. Yes, that is, okay? But ultimately to us, by maximizing this, that allowed us, that gave us more money to be generous with, okay? That gave us more money to donate. That gave us more money to make an impact within the community, to serve the homeless, to serve the needy, to serve certain people struggling with substances, okay? Those things are very near and dear to us, okay? And it's incredibly important. And by being better with the finances, that allows us to make an even greater impact, not just within our church, but within our community, okay? Because people know us, okay? And as such, I think we have a greater responsibility and we have a greater calling because the Lord is giving us the ability to make greater impact. And I was dropping the ball, okay? I was not maximizing. So that why behind it in itself is a really motivating reason to do better. Because again, the Lord gives us his all. He gives us his best. We should be giving the exact same thing back to him. And uh, I'm sorry because that, Sydney, that didn't make it in the other one. And that that really is the crux of it. That's the why. Uh, the generosity and the the ability to be able to bless more people more frequently and more often. And to donate to the organizations that are passionate to us. And that doesn't stop there, right? Like we, we are in a position uniquely to be able to do this at a different level, but it started when neither of us had anything. It started with that heart to serve. And so it doesn't matter where along that journey you're at or what your finance finances look like or what your ability to impact or influence look like. We all have to start somewhere and we all have that power because we have the power of God in us and he wants us to be that salt and he wants us to be that light and that testimony in our lives. And so the first 
area that we really are focusing on through stewardship this year is in financial, financial, but the second one is through time and time is such a, it's, such a precious resource because we only have what we have and we don't know how much or when when that will be up. But like Drew was saying earlier, my love language is time, which means in my heart, I want to spend all of my time with everybody pouring into people and encouraging and serving and being together. And I've learned the hard way, unfortunately, that I don't have the capacity to do that. And so in looking at stewardship this year, the question I asked myself is, how am I spending my time? How are we spending our time? Is it intentional or is it frivolous? And I realized that although we are spending a a large portion of our time and things that are important and are worthy and worth the time and attention. There are also some areas in our life where we're not being intentional about it. And we're not focusing on it. I mean, I talk about it a lot, but I have the attention span of a gnat and that's not a joke. Like that's, that's a genuine thing. And so, I mean, they show scientific studies where our attention span as a culture is dropping significantly. I mean, you've got the advent of the internet and social media and TikTok where you're taking in vast amounts of information in very short amounts of time. And we're creating these highways in our brain that are not capable of longer attention. And it's easy to get sucked into that. It's easy to waste time in so many different ways. And, and we have, it's such a precious thing and and we have such a fixed amount of it. And so we identified that there are things in life that we have to do, right? Like we have to go to work. We have to sleep. We have to eat. We have to keep up with hygiene. We have to take care of our animals. But there's so much more to that than we want to do. And one of those things that really hit home to me was rest and creating space to just be, not necessarily space for doing, but just space for being. And and I unfortunately have to learn most things the hard way. And earlier this year, we had some things happen in the business and I was working 70 plus hours a week and it really took a toll on me physically. So then when I got that virus several months back and it turned into severe pneumonia, I ended up hospitalized twice over the holidays and I'm still experiencing some things, some health issues, real big health limitations past that. And I realized that we don't get to do whatever we want in our life and then expect God to bless it. And God has explicitly commanded rest. And he, he led in that. And he showed us the example, not only when he created the the world, but even when Jesus was here on earth, he modeled that. And so I recognized that all I was doing that I was, I was working, I was a workhorse. I couldn't lead. I couldn't grow. There was a lack of balance and other areas of my life were suffering. So our relationship was on the back burner and um, time serving in the community was in the back burner. I've got some big dreams for things, ways that I want to serve the community and the people that I get the privilege to do life with. And I recognized that I wasn't maximizing time and I wasn't stewarding it to the best of my ability and that we both had some space to be able to grow in that area in order to be able to not just spend the time, but to spend it effectively and to spend it in the areas where God was leading us and not where my checklist was leading us. And so in in the pursuit of stewardship and understanding that not only our finances and resources belong to God and we've been given them to take care of, 
our health, our body. This is the only vehicle that we're going to get till we get to heaven to get us to the other side. And so that means we do need to take care of our health. We need to take care of our body. We need to be intentional with our time. And I kept saying, like, it seems impossible to rest. Like, I can't find time to rest or just to be. And and just like Drew was saying, that was an excuse. And in our review of the year, I'm not just sharing something that, like, hey, we've got stewardship buttoned up, so we want to share that with you. We're, we're embarking on this journey, and we have some big gaps, and we have some things that we need to learn, and we need to do better, and that we need to implement in our lives. And intentionally spending time in the most effective ways and not just filling up the calendar with things to do, but with, with intention of, of goals that we want to accomplish and, and leaving space for the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide in different directions because I'm a planner and I love planning. I love structure. I love things following proper steps and building those. And it had gotten to the point where I was planning everything to the point where there wasn't space for God appointments or for God to lead in different areas. And we want to grow and I want to lead and I want to continue to develop and not be stagnant, not go backwards. But when, when every moment of every day was filled with go, 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 there's, there's not space for that. And so one of the things that God laid on my heart in a big way was to be able to steward that time more intentionally and better. Uh, I deleted a lot of apps off of my phone and um, have set boundaries for time spent in in those areas. And I've really, instead of filling up my days with lists of things to do, I really just pick three or two or three or four things that I would like to accomplish. And there's other things that have to be done. And that of course I'm going to do throughout the course of the day, but that's really, um, been an area that because time is my love, love language and learning to scale effectively and learning to lead effectively. If I'm going to do that on a bigger scale, then we have to be able to do that better than we've done it in the past. And so learning, how can we, build space together to date and to spend time together? How can we build time for spending quiet time in God's word or pouring into other people, developing other people, growing, being intentional with those things? And so that's uh, that's been the second big piece of what we're focusing on this year. And that, that's, that leads in beautifully to that third piece of those. I mean, we could, stewardship is so many different things, right? Stewardship is money and finances and talent and time and effort and care and, and so many different things. But also one of the things that we really want to be intentional in growing in a healthy God honoring way is in our spiritual walk. And that was really the third area that we're trying to build and develop within this next year. And before we actually talk about that third uh, uh, area uh, of the spiritual aspect, I just want to say on time, from my perspective, there's a lot of similarities, but as I think about it and just looking back on it, Sydney's right. She was completely out of whack there, there that the work home life balance did not exist at certain points. Now there were some things that happened within the business. Okay. There were some challenges that we were hit with completely out of the blue. I mean, at one point we lost over 400 hours off of our schedule. And that was just from one area of the business, okay? That included losing four leaders, okay? 
you, you, you don't just get that back right away. Okay. You don't just get that back from having bodies hired. Okay. That's leadership. That's depth. Those are other eyes. Those are your, 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 your points of contacts. Those are you while you're not at the restaurant. Okay. So that was tough. That was really tough. Okay. That stretched us and especially Sydney in ways that we're not really meant to be stressed or stressed and stretched for that period of time. And Sydney's health did suffer. I know she got sick because of that. I know I've been sick because of it before. Okay. And sometimes, you know, you can burn the candle at both ends. But you got to remember, you're burning the candle at both ends, okay? Sooner or later, you're going to either run out of wick or you're going to run out of candle, okay? And something's going to give. So we realized that we needed to get that, that time spent at work back into balance, okay? And that meant when when work was over and, and Sydney was coming back home or I was coming back home, that was our time, okay? Because what, what was happening was we were not spending as much time working intentionally on our marriage. So we were not growing together as we should have been. And there were some deficiencies that were developing, okay? Because think about this like uh, bodybuilding or, or lifting weights, okay? If I, if I just worked out my biceps, okay, and all I did was curls, but I didn't, I didn't focus on my chest. I didn't focus on my shoulders, my triceps, my abs, my legs. Guys, we got to hit leg day too, okay? Um, if we're just focusing on our biceps, there is going to be an imbalance. We are going to have huge biceps and no other muscles, and it's going to look ridiculous, okay? Our life is going to look ridiculous when there's no balance, okay? And we discovered that we were not stewarding our time properly because there were some imbalances. And one of the biggest imbalances that appeared was Sydney's health. And she's still struggling. We're still going to doctors trying to figure out some of these things that are going on because we haven't gotten all the answers. And a lot of it has calmed down. A lot of things have gone back to normal, but there's still some things that haven't. Okay. And you can cause harm to yourself. You really can. And, uh, we realized that that work imbalance was causing the imbalance in our marriage. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, how does your marriage not grow? Okay. Well, that means we're spending less time together or that means that when we are spending time together, maybe we're more tired. So we're not actually spending time. We're sleeping or we're napping. Or that means we are doing individual things instead of spending collective time together. Okay. Uh, those imbalances present themselves, okay? And another thing that was really presenting itself was the lack of growth, um, personal development, okay? Because there just, in, in, in certain instances, there wasn't time for it because there was so much time being allocated and spent on the business and burning the candle at both ends. There, 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 there's no energy left. There, there, there's no desire when you get home after you're exhausted and you get dinner and you just sit in that chair or you lay in bed and you think, oh goodness, I am so ready to call it a night. And quite often you do. Well, that doesn't mean you're reading a book. That doesn't mean maybe you're studying something uh, on the internet 
or maybe you're researching or learning about something, okay? Growth is important too, okay? You have to be growing. Stagnation, being comfortable is one of the worst things that you can be in your life. And I'll say that again. Being comfortable is one of the worst and it's one of the most dangerous things and dangerous places to be in life is being comfortable. Why would I say that? Really think about that. What happens when you're comfortable? Maybe you're not spending as much time on certain things that you know are important. So what does that mean? Maybe I'm not reading my Bible as much. Maybe I feel like I'm in a good place or I'm good, which is a foolish, prideful assertion to begin with because you're never in a good place because you're never going to learn as much as you should. You're never reading it as much as you should. You're not meditating upon that book day and night like we should. The vast majority of us are not, okay? But but what are some other things as far as growth? Well, maybe if we're trying to learn a new talent or a new hobby, or maybe we're trying to work on something that we've noticed is, remember when I told you that SWOT analysis and I said opportunities or threats, maybe we identified something that we didn't even realize we we weren't doing wrong or weren't good at. And somebody had the courage to bring that to our attention because they loved us enough to tell us that. Okay. Maybe that means that I'm not working on that as much as I should. Okay. Leadership is tough. Leadership is not a popularity contest. And quite often, people are always looking at you thinking, man, I I could do this better or I'd do it differently. And sometimes people are right. And also sometimes people are wrong. And quite often they don't tell you when they're wrong, but they'll let you know when they're right. And they'll let you know when you're wrong. Okay. And as a leader, having the humility to say, you're right. I messed up, I was wrong, or I can do that better, or I was not serving you to the level I could or should, that takes a lot of humility to do. But it's so necessary as leaders. But if we're not working and we're not actively cultivating ways to improve our humility, then how are we going to get better? One of the best ways is through prayer. Because God is going to help us get better. It's not going to be in the way that we think it is. You want to know one of the the best things to ask for? Well, it is one of the best things, but it's going to challenge you. Ask God to help you with patience. How do you think that one's going to go? You think he's just magically going to make you more patient? No way. He's going to put you in the most stressful situations that force you in the moment and throughout it to make the conscious decision to remain patient. Or you can keep doing what you've been doing the whole time, which is like a tea kettle on the stove and steam's blowing off. That's how you're going to work on patience. That's how you're going to cultivate that. That's what I mean by growth. And for, for, and for, for all of us, we have different strengths and abilities. We have different weaknesses. We have different opportunities, but we have to be able to identify those things. And once we've identified them, what are we doing about it? And because we were spending so much time working, our marriage in a way was becoming stagnant briefly. We weren't growing. And that's just a dangerous spot to be. When you're comfortable, 
enough, you know, what you have is enough. And I'm not talking about being content because you should be content with what you have and you should always be grateful for it. Okay. But don't get the misguided understanding of thinking, well, I've reached this point and this is all I need, or this is all I want, or this is all I should have. No, we're not talking about acquiring things in that sense. We're talking about where are you as a person and how do you continue to become better? And that's part of life. That's an active and an ongoing process. That's a constant decision. It's a constant choice. And you have to make it. People can't make it for you. So when we say that we had some opportunity opportunities with our time and we could have stewarded it a lot better, that's those are some things that we meant, especially from my perspective. And uh, this last one's going to be... Uh, this is going to be another one that was tough for us because we realized we were not growing the way that we should. And we were not growing at the pace that we should be. And this last one, even though this is the third one, and this is the, the last one as we've chosen to go through this, this very well could and probably should be the first one. Okay. And this has everything to do with our spiritual walk. Okay. Because for us, our strength is not coming from ourselves. Our strength is not coming from each other. Our strength is coming from above. Our strength is coming from the Lord. Uh, our strength is coming from His provision. It's coming from His wisdom. It's coming from His guidance. It's coming from His place in our lives because we've made the conscious decision to serve him and to follow him. That relationship is paramount for each of us. That relationship is more important, even more so than our marriage. And I, if I have to be honest, that's not always the case. Okay. There are times when I really do prioritize and I focus on my wife and our marriage much more than I do on my walk with the Lord. And I know that's right, but I'm just being honest with you. I'm human. And there's times when I'm falling short or I'm failing and I, and I don't realize that if I didn't recalibrate and reset myself spiritually and get more focused and connected on him, that would start taking care of some of these other things that are falling through the cracks. But I lose sight and I lose focus of that. And I'm aware of it and I still do it anyways. That just shows how fickle and how foolish we can be as people. You know, a lot of times the, the created thinks it's much smarter than the creator. And we are not. We're not even close. Yes, we're made in his image, but that does not mean we are even close to him. Okay? And... We realize, we both realize that we could be doing a lot more, spiritually speaking. Um, and that's not just in our own relationship. Um, that was specifically, what more could we be doing? Because we were spending so much time at work, we weren't spending as much time serving, okay? 
I wasn't doing as much work with the homeless ministries that I was before. I wasn't visiting the homeless camps as often as I was before. Okay. I had made a commitment uh, to be working uh, with the showers and I didn't uphold my commitment with that. I wasn't doing as much as I could and should have been doing. And I think my wife is going to say the same thing. And when you recognize that you're leaving something on the table or you're not doing as much as you could, especially in something that's really important and you're spending time on other things that are not as important and really are insignificant, that can be a really big wake-up call. Uh, That can really get your attention really fast. And uh, Cindy, how how did you realize that either you or we were starting to I don't want to say stray, but just not have the priority in the correct matrix or in the correct order. What did that look like? Well, I think it goes back to the importance of calibrating, right? Checking in with each other. Hey, am I off target? Really being honest with yourself, sitting down, being able to have the tough conversations, to be vulnerable, to be honest, to be truthful, even about the hard things. Um, Because none of us want to admit that we're failing or that we're doing a bad job. But if you've noticed throughout this episode, it, it all ties in together, right? Like our financial stewardship ties into the way we're stewarding our time, which ties into our spiritual walk. And if our spiritual walk is healthy and vibrant and growing and in a good place, the rest of these things are going to balance out um, much easier than if we try to force it. And uh, so we really recognized that our time was out of whack, right? Like we were spending great deal of time at work and not spending the right balance of time with each other, not spending the right balance of time with the Lord. And it's not that we weren't spending time with each other. It's not that we weren't spending time serving. It's not that we weren't spending time with the Lord, but it was not in the correct balance or ratio because God says he's first. And so that means he's, if he comes first, everything else is going to fall in, in place. If he's not coming first, then all the things are going to fall out of place. And recognizing that there were there were so many things that I wanted to do, and I kept giving the excuse of I cannot do these things because work is too busy or work is too much. There's too much going on or there's too much on my plate or I'm juggling too much. And truthfully, that's an excuse just as much as anything else is. And so coming to the recognition that we really needed to recalibrate our time and our spiritual walk to make sure that it had the correct balance and the correct ratio for what we had going on in our lives. And that means in, in pursuit of serving the Lord faithfully, we needed to bring these things back into balance and really put it in the right priority. And when you can put your spiritual walk, whether it's individually or with your spouse or with an accountability partner, or with people in your church, people that you're doing life together with, when you when your spiritual walk is number one, and that's the priority, it allows the Holy Spirit freedom to guide your steps because your time is going to come into the correct balance and your finances are going to come into the correct balance. And it's not going to be perfect, but you're going to be growing and you're going to be learning and you're going to be getting better at those things. Whereas when you do it backwards and you focus on those things first and foremost, 
you can't balance it because you're not stewarding it the way God called you to do. For example, I, I, I'm, people are responsible to me. So if I go to somebody that works for me and I say, okay, here are the four things that I would like you to get done today. Here's your to-do list. And this is, this is what I need completed. And I come back at the end of the day and I say, well, how, you know, did you get all those things completed? Give me an update. And they said, well, I got two of them done. And I would say, well, what, what were you doing then? Because I had, I had intended you to get these four things done. I needed them to be completed and they're not. And then if this person says, well, I got these 10 other things done, then I'm not going to be, that's not the 10 things that I wanted done, right? As the, as the person that was directing, I wanted these specific four things done. And God's that same way where we say, okay, God, but I'm so busy and I did this and I did this and I did this. And God's like, yeah, but you're spinning your wheels because you're doing all the things that I didn't ask you to do. And, and you're leaving the things undone that I wanted done. And so when your life is so filled with all of these other things and they are pressing and it's easy to give excuses and it's easy to get out of whack and out of balance and then just, just marinate in it, we really had to just be really honest and say, look, some of the things that happened this year were brought on by our own fault because we weren't in alignment and we weren't being as intentional as we needed to be and we weren't stewarding it in exactly the way God called us to do. And then when when confronted, we're like, well, we got all this other stuff done, but that doesn't matter if we're not doing what God's called us to do. And I wanted opportunities to serve other people and in a greater capacity and do more and, and there's a saying that says, if God, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And there's so much truth to that because if our life is so jam-packed and filled with all of our plans and all of our intentions and all of the things that we hope to accomplish, where does it leave room for the Holy Spirit? Where does it leave room for God appointments and the things that he's called us to do? And, and as a steward, if I'm truly taking care of time and finances and talent and influence on behalf of of God and on behalf of the creator who who gave me the opportunity and gave us the opportunity to do it together, then that means I have to bring my plans and my thoughts and my ideas into submission, into alignment, into the things that God has called us to do. And often our rebellious soul box at that. Like we turn away from that because we we want to do what we want to do the way we want to do it. And then we want God to bless it on top of that. And God says, no, you have to understand that as my steward, you have to follow my plans and my intentions and my blueprint in order for this to work successfully. And so in understanding that we had some gaps in our spiritual walk where it wasn't, we didn't veer off intentionally. We didn't purposefully rebel or, or walk out of alignment, but, but we did, we got knocked out of alignment. And so really in that time of refocusing and, and and recalibrating for what we want this year to look like and what we need to do in order to make that happen, stewarding our spiritual walk, not just as individuals, but together as a couple, but also in tandem with the people that we're doing life with, uh, whether through our church ministry or through through work or through relationships, we have to bring that back into alignment. And so that's going to open up the door for God to be able to bless and to be able to lead and for things to have the right ratio and the right balance. It it creates room for rest and it creates room for fellowship and it creates room for discipleship and to grow because when you're just surviving, you're not really growing. And we went through a period where it felt like we were just hanging on by a thread and, and we were hanging on for dear life, but it was not easy. And, and that's not how there may be seasons like that or stretches like that, but that's not 
intended to be how we approach life or how we approach stewardship. And so our heart in this year is that we don't just do it, but we do it better. And that we don't just um, steward what God's given us, but do it in a way that is in alignment with what he's called us to do and not what we've called ourselves to do. And so I'd love to hear from your perspective, what does stewarding our spiritual walk look like to you in this year? Well, one thing, so you didn't hit on, but I think is really important because it's something that you did and you still actively do is discipling. Because even in the midst of all that going on, when we were just hanging on by a thread and we were so tight on people, you still made time to disciple people and you were still discipling four different people at one time while doing all that. I mean, that, that's that's just incredible. And that makes me really proud. That makes me really happy because that's important to you. And you made time for that. You intentionally made time, even when it it's not easy, because I know how you deal with migraines and I know how often you get them. And quite often you'd have one and you, you wouldn't cancel you'd still show up and you'd really help impact some of these people and you're impacting the next generation. You know, we have the opportunity through what we do. We touch a lot of the youth and uh, unfortunately for more and more youth in today's world, they're coming out of single parent households. So, you know, we have the unique blessing and opportunity to own our own business, but we wear many different hats. You know, some days, Yes, it's owner. Then you're going to put on your your father or your you know your your mother hat. Then maybe another day it's your friend hat. Then maybe it's the teacher hat or the psychologist hat, okay? Because we end up just by default when you spend time with people, when you do life with people, if you're doing it right, you're going to get to know people. And when people trust you, they're going to open up. They're going to become vulnerable and they're going to share things with, with you. They're going to give you the ability to judge them. And that's a really powerful thing for people to do because quite often we can point out the negative or the things that people aren't doing right, but we don't spend the same amount of time or even, even close to telling those same people what they're doing correct and how well they are doing. And I think part of that's human nature and part of that's just bad tradition. It's bad practice because being a leader is an incredible responsibility because you have the ability to create impact. And again, I'll say it because we're, we're typically, we're working with the majority of our staff is going to be 16 to 24. They're, they're incredibly young. They're malleable. They're moldable. They're, they're, they're ready. They're deciding who they're going to be in a lot of ways. So we have that unique ability to really drive home some positive influence. And the change that I think we're seeking as a society is going to start with the youth 
because what's happening with them right now is a travesty. What's going on in these schools right now is a travesty, okay? And what's happening in our, inside our homes is even more of a travesty. Children need mom and dad in the house. They need both parents there. Mom does things that dad can't do and vice versa, okay? And I think the more that we're in tune, the more that we're together and the more that we're serving and serving him together, the more impact we're ultimately making and the more growth that we're experiencing for ourselves quite often without us even knowing it. Because I know some of the greatest growth and some of the greatest seasons of growth I've had are when I was serving others. And that's something that we need to do more of. You know, last year we ate up a lot of time at work. This year we're going to spend more of that time serving others, serving this community, and serving our church family. So ultimately, City, I, I think we've covered everything. I really think we've hit on the points that we wanted to. And I think that uh, if you're if you're hearing this, especially if you're hearing this for the first time, there's still so much time left in this year, okay? We're, we're, we're halfway through January, okay? If you're in a relationship, whether that means you're still dating or you're married for a year, 10 years, 20, 50, okay? There's always things you can be doing to improve and to grow closer to each other and to grow closer to the Lord. And I really suggest, because I know what this has done for us and our relationship and not just our relationship, the growth together, the growth that we've experienced individually. Okay. Because I know this has made us more impactful leaders. Okay. This has made us more impactful spouses. Okay. This has made us more impactful people. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish, okay? Where there's no vision, relationships will perish. Where there's no vision, marriages will perish. Where there's no vision, businesses are going to perish, okay? That vision is so important, okay? If you haven't already this year, work towards creating that vision. And this is just one of the parts and pieces that we believe are is necessary and essential for casting that vision for who you want to be as a person, who you want to be as a couple or who you want to be as a married couple and ultimately who you want to be for the cause of Christ. And, and you can define what that looks like because it's going to be different for each person, for each relationship. But the only way that you're really going to know these things and figure them out you have to be communicating. You have to be talking. You have to be vulnerable. And you have to be honest with one with one another. And uh, thank you for, for having me on. Thank you for letting me talk about this. And uh, I hope we've been able to help some people out there. Uh, I, I hope that we've tried to be as transparent as we can. You know, we are not perfect people. We'll be the first to tell you. I put my foot in my mouth all the time, okay? But one thing I do do, if I make a mistake, 
I try to go to that person and I try to apologize. And uh, here's one person who just came to mind right now. I've been putting that off for a few weeks. And uh, tomorrow I have an opportunity to see that person. And I'm going to apologize to them for something that I said several weeks ago. It's funny. A great woman, a godly woman is going to hold you accountable. And your father up in heaven, he's going to hold you accountable too. Okay. And he's not let me escape that one. He's reminded me. And uh, that's the great thing. When you surround yourself with people that truly care about you, they're going to want to see you do the hard things and the difficult things. They're going to want you to grow, to make amends, and to become a greater version of yourself. And I hope that we've been able to help some of you out there. We've been able to encourage and maybe uh, help you plan or, or stimulate some new growth and new ways, and new areas for this this year of 2023. We're, we're, we're so... There's so much more time left. Like, don't don't waste it. Seriously, we don't know how much we have, and we don't know in what ways we need to be used and we can be used. And if you're not sure, just look around you, because there's no shortage of people that are hurting. I don't care where you work. I don't care where you live. And it may be even as close as right next to you. It may be in your own household. And if it is, I can't think of a better place to start than right there. So, Sydney, let me hand this over to you, okay? Well, before we hop off here, just two two last things. First, Andrew, thank you for joining us. It's always, um, I not only love you, but I respect you. And I am honored to follow you through this life and just excited to see what God has in store for us in this coming year. So thank you for doing this, all of this with me. And the second thing is, I just wanted to say thank you all that joined us um, for your constant support and care. Keep getting the word out there. We are growing, which is exciting. We always are thankful for people that are joining uh, this graceful and gritty crew. So as you can, please share the podcast. Please uh, like it, follow it, subscribe it. That just helps us be able to get the word out um, that we're spending the time to hopefully just invite you in um, because it invite you into the vulnerable messiness, into the real lifeness of all of it. And we're grateful for those that you have joined us and are really looking forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Graceful and Gritty Podcast. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or by email at gracefulandgritty at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.